This is the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Bounty Hunters, we don't need that scum. A UTV Patreon exclusive featuring Star Wars news and discussion beyond the expanded universe. I have never met a Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. And now, it's time to collect those credits. As you will. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Oh my god! Everyone! Hi! Welcome to Bounty Hunt! For that episode that we all just watched, this is a Utini Network podcast where we hunt down all the extra content in the Star Wars universe, especially when it features the entirety of the Star Wars universe. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me today to talk about the latest issue, slash not issue, what? The latest episode of the Book of Mandalorian Clone Rebels is a couple fantastic fellas featuring the number one fan of the victorious Miami Heat, Dr. Charles Hanko. Hey, buddy. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a week full of wins. You know what I mean? <laughs> this episode went and saw Miami take down the Hornets last night. I mean, what a week! I can't complain at all. We have, we are here to celebrate the size of this dub, uh, but no dub is bigger than being on a show that features Wes Jenkins. Hey, everybody! I am super excited to talk about this because I got a Clone Wars favorite that showed back up, and that Charles just spoiled in his uh, <laughs> in his video, but. Um, yeah, this was a good one. I had a good week. Uh, saw, I got to see Tool on Friday. So, um, first time seeing them live. So that was a, that was a big hit that I had uh, going this weekend. But, um, let's see, I've seen this episode twice already. So I'm ready to talk about it. I love that, man. We all had good weeks and I went to a wedding on Friday. So I'm still very sore because when you play, uh, freaking Mr. Brightside and then all the small things and sugar were going down back to back to back. And you're a few healthy drinks in, uh, and you're 30. It hurts a lot, but it was worth it. Congratulations <laughs> to my glorious friends Carolyn and Alex on your beautiful wedding. And uh, you're not gonna watch this, but I love you guys. All right, everyone. If this is your first bounty hunt, what an episode to choose, my friends. What we're gonna do is we are gonna briefly recap what happened in the latest episode of the Book of Boba Fett. Full spoilers on everything. I you probably figured that out by now. And then we're gonna talk about what we loved about it. And that's it for this episode. Uh, I can't wait. So let's just dive right into it. I have visual aids that will help me. Let me see here. All right. Here are my props for this episode. We open up episode six from the desert comes a stranger on Cobb Vant, who is <laughs> shooing away the Pike Syndicate, who, as we know, are trying to uh, sell spice, but not in Mos Pelgo, he says. He tells them to think it through, to think it through. They don't. He blasts the spice runners away and pours out their spice on the desert sands, leaving one of them alive. We then go over to our buddy Din Djarin, flying his new hot rod N1 Starfighter to check in on the lovely Grogu uh, and his Jedi training. He meets R2-D2, who takes him to a temple being built by ant droids, and they build him a bench on which to take a nap. We then pan over to Grogu and Luke Skywalker. Ever heard of him? As they train... Um, and Luke eventually opens up Grogu's mind to help him remember Order 66. He remembers his past trauma as he treats him the Jedi ways, including part of it where he jumps and does flips, just like in Empire Strikes Back, and we all cry. We then move over to Din Djarin, who is woken up by Ahsoka Tano! Ever heard of her? Who's there and tells him all about Luke's temple, how Grogu is going to be its first student, and the two of them talk about Grogu's future. After taking him to see Luke and Grogu from afar, Ahsoka asked Din, hey, is seeing the child really what's best for Grogu or what's best for you? Din relents, leaves a small armor package with Ahsoka, and leaves the planet. 
Luke's training with Grogu then continues, including more acrobatics, balance, lightsaber skills, and time with the famous training droid that blessed Grogu just a little bit. Luke is then joined by Ahsoka. We get a scene with Luke Skywalker talking to Ahsoka Tano, and it's the best. And they talk. They discuss the Mandalorian, Grogu's future, and Ahsoka even notes that Luke is so much like his father. Before she leaves, maybe never to see Luke again. We then go to Tatooine, where Din has a meeting with Boba, Fennec, Kersantan, and the Mods to discuss their need for foot soldiers for the upcoming war with the Pikes. Din, however, has a plan. He hops in that hot rod firefighter again, flies past Jawas carrying a giant crate dragon skull, and lands at Mos Pelgo to grab a drink with his old buddy, Cobb Vanth, and his deputy, who is, you know, the new guy. Although Cobb Vanth is initially resistant to helping him, he says, you know what? I'll do what I can. Din leaves, Vanth calls a meeting, as a mysterious cloaked figure walks out of the desert. Who could it be? I don't know. The figure meets Vanth in the middle of the street, and it's revealed as Cad Bane! Ever heard of him? <laughs> Cad Bane tells Cobb Vanth to stay out of the upcoming battle between the Pikes and Tatooine, but Cobb Vanth's deputy tries to be a hero, and Bane guns them both down in the street. The deputy absolutely perishes, but the townsfolk begin to patch up Cobb Vanth in the shoulder as Cad Bane leaves. Back with Luke, Grogu is given a choice by his master. Either he accepts this Beskar chainmail that Din, that Din left him, then he will go with the Mandalorian and forsake the Jedi path and because he's giving into attachment, or he could take Yoda's actual lightsaber and become Luke's first student. And that's how the episode ends. All right. A, a plus, Eric, for bringing wow, props. Eric, you did a I wonderful mean, job. You always do well with the those, visual but... aids and <laughs> the, the visual aids and the recap for, for our it. visual learners in the audience. <laughs> I hope it helped. It's also absolutely a way to flex with this Cad Bane OG Funko that Charlie got me a couple years ago uh, for my Funko collectors. It's not the one with Tito. It's our big hatted boy. Okay, Toto, not Tito. Anyway, Tito is a vodka or a child. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, it's kind of a formality, I think, at this point, but let's go around and give a rating of this episode, 1 to 10. Charles, what do you think of From a Desert Comes a Stranger? So, it's interesting that you just said that. I'm going to be pretty brief, but when I first watched this episode, I actually was going to rate it slightly lower than the last one. Fair. And then I just finished a rewatch uh, about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes ago, and I am thoroughly convinced now this is another 10 for me love it i love it wes <laughs> okay so if you're watching last week i ended the show with saying there's no way the next episode can be better than this one <laughs> <laughs> absolutely said it cannot be better than this one um and i was right it's not better than the last episode. All right. I give the, I'm giving this a, a 9.9. 9. I okay. couldn't give it a full 10, but damn was it good. Is, damn was it good. Absolutely <laughs> fair. Uh, I will balance out Wes's. I'll give it a 10.1. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, my God. I, uh, I actually, I, I mean, it's neck and neck with last week. They're both 10s, in my opinion, or 9.9s or whatever. They're, they're incredible pieces of Star Wars television. I, I freaked out. This is one. I watched in the morning by myself and the amount of just verbal, like, oh, oh my God, I said, what, what, how, what that happened <laughs> were absolutely massive. Oh, Corey in the chat is awake and also gives it a 9.9. .9. So officially we got two nine nines, a 10.1 and a 10. Um, there you go. 
So maybe Not I'll go shabby. with 10.2. Um, so, fellas, we're going to go. I think in this episode, it's only right to go character by character to talk because of all. But before we do, I want to I want to talk about, number one, just the, the visceral reaction of, oh, my God, this actually happened. This is the kind of the culmination of the last 15 years of Star Wars episodic television. I mean, from mm-hmm. Clone Wars to Rebels to Mandalorian, all of it in, in has been kind of leading to this moment, which is so incredible. And I want to ask you guys, what does this mean for the future of all Star Wars media? Because clearly now it is possible to get Cobb Vanth, Ahsoka, Luke, the Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Fennec Shand, and all of these people mm-hmm. in a single episode of television. Like, the contracts don't matter. The schedules don't matter. They were able to do all of this. Like, what does that mean for us going forward with the next eight shows we're going to get? Yeah. Uh, it means we're we're doing the Marvel format. I mean, we're anything can play into anything else. A comic, a book, an animated TV show, a live-action TV show – it doesn't matter. They're all going to bleed into each other and we're going to get this massive galaxy that it, it that's how Star Wars probably should be, right? I mean, if we're saying all these stories count, all this stuff that we're putting out now is canon, then these are the doors that that decision opens. Yes, there are tiny little adjustments here and there, but like the overall story now is massive and intertwined and it's... It just feels like this is the start of a whole new era of of Star Wars stories. Yeah. Someone on Twitter made a good point that, like, this could basically just be called The Star Wars and just have a weekly show about Star Wars. And then whoever shows up, shows up. (laughs) That's kind of like what Clone Wars was, especially at the beginning, before it became more about arcs. Like, each episode, you didn't know if you were getting clones, if you were getting Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. You didn't know if you were getting Ventress. Like, it was kind of just whatever character showed up on the day. Um I like that. Wes, what about you? Yeah, a buddy of mine texted me uh, a couple days ago and was like, man, they should just call this show The Outer Rim. He's like, Disney, pay me. Disney, pay me. That's such a good, that's <laughs> oh, such a good name. <laughs> but uh, I love that. Um, like seeing the way that they had created um, Cad Bane was amazing. Yes. Like, I mean, they when I'm thinking like years ago, if they brought in a character like this that is not human, and they're trying to make him look realistic, they'll, the shot would be far away, right? So yeah. you can kind of imagine what he would look like, but not actually see the the horrible CGI that we had. But this was up close, front and center, and you were like, wow, like where is the like where is the CGI, right? This yeah. looks real. This looks like a real living thing that's out there in the desert. So we I mean, looking back on like episode two, we saw um we saw some of the Jedi, mm-hmm. um, and and they were. I mean, we weren't the best. I mean, but that was what almost twenty years ago. So now we have May, yeah, yeah. So now we have we have the technology now to bring all of these characters back into live action. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be. I mean, there. It's almost like the possibilities are endless now. So yeah, it's kind of oh, like in the, a as as Lando said in Solo, that's a living thing. I like that's uh <laughs> that's what that brings back to me, and. <laughs> Obi-Wan, you make a great point in the chat. Like, I love how you mentioned that, Wes, because we would have gotten that distance shot, and we did get that distance shot to start in this mm. episode, because you do have that moment, Obi-Wan, where you're like, oh my god, is that? No. I can't. Wait. Is it? I just, uh, uh, and I thought that lead-up was so cool. 
Because whether you're a person that saw the hat and was like, got it. Or you're a person that saw the hat and was like, there's no way. Or you're like, who is that? What could it be? There was such a cool visceral experience. And the fact that they're putting that much technology into it, the fact that the molding is that good, I completely agree, opens the doors up. And the fact that they brought in Corey Burton to do the voice, who did the voice of Cad Bane all through animation. Like, this shot works so well because the, Bane, Cad Bane has also always been so much about his voice, about that tenor and that gravelly nature. Mm. So with the look, the voice, it all worked so well. And I think every character that we've gotten like that, I mean, I think Rosario Dawson keyed in even more to Ahsoka's mannerisms this episode than she did. I think from day one, Timothy Oliphant has always been the the Cobb Vance of the books. Like, he's had that swagger. He's had that Western cowboyness from Deadwood and Justified and everything. Like, they're, they cast so well, and they craft the characters so well. And we'll get to Luke, especially later on. Um, but if you're getting episodes where this kind of stuff is possible, I completely agree with you guys that going forward, every show is basically open to possibilities. Because I think the, the other side of this coin that some people had issues with, and some people had issues with, with this last two episodes, have been that for something called the Book of Boba Fett, there's no Boba Fett. Which you could also say, it is very typically Boba Fett to show up for 45 seconds and say nothing, right? That's very much mm -hmm. like him. Um, but I think there's also a very real idea that if you wanted a show based only about Boba Fett, these last two episodes may have been off. May have been, some people say it's too much fan service, or it's too much, you know... Uh, kowtowing or it's disrespectful to the character or whatever it may be. Obviously, I think based on our ratings and our conversations, we would disagree with that pretty wholeheartedly because I think this this story is showing that the grander narrative is just that. It's so much bigger and each of these shows now can be small or you can take a second to, to zoom out. Um, did you guys, I guess on that note, we talked about it last week, did you miss Boba in this episode as well or do you think that it felt natural to do another episode like this before we get to the finale. I was not expecting to see Din Djarin again um, at the in this episode. Yeah. So at the at the end of episode five, he's like, I need to pay a friend a little visit. And I think that I thought that was going to be it until yep. um, the Mandalorian came up. And then that's when we picked up from there. But when they played the um, when they played the recap before episode six and they ended with that part like i need to go see a friend of mine i'm gonna see my little friend i was like damn it they're gonna do it all over again <laughs> it's happening now yeah <laughs> so so yeah i was um i was pretty surprised um but like like you were saying charles with this like basically doing the marvel thing um i think the mandalorian was kind of like dipping your toe into it bringing back boba and bringing him finnick um and then this is like the launching point of where it all it starts like to intersect, where it all like starts to come together. And so I think a lot of the shows are going to be doing that now, um, at least little tidbits here and there. And there's going to be a point where you're going to have to watch all of this to get that whole world building of Star Wars um, for the live action sequences anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think just to to be brief about how I feel about it. Um, Number one, manage your expectations, right? We yep. always preach this because mm -hmm. just just because of a title of a show, that was never a promise that every second of this show was going to be featuring Boba Fett. Yep. Two, yes, I was surprised that we had another episode that had so little Boba Fett. But three, good TV is good TV. Good storytelling is good storytelling. Yeah. Slap whatever yep. title you want on it. If I love the episodes this much, that just seems like such a unimportant 
detail, I, I guess. I mean, it, it wasn't really yeah. a false promise. I think it was more people not going in with an open mind. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I really like about how we try to center our content around like reactions and stuff and like our even our book roundtables and stuff we very rarely do a lot of speculation we really do a lot of oh this book is coming out what is it going to be what is it going to be because it whatever show you write in your head with your unlimited mental budget or whatever book you write with you know whatever skill you have in your imagination is going to be more tailored to you personally than what you get by by definition it always will be but if we always just take what we see at full at face value and judge it based on what we're receiving i think that's how you can just freak out about episodes like this. I mean, like, yeah. this gave us so much. I mean, we, we saw the beginning of a Jedi temple. We got new droids. We saw Luke Skywalker actually doing all these amazing things with Grogu. We saw Ahsoka talking to Luke. We got Cobb Vanth again with Mos Pelgo. Like, all these things happened. And if I had spent the entire week previously being like, all right, I think I've got this show figured out. I'm going to plan and figure out the the markings. When that did not happen, it would feel like failure emotionally. Like my brain would be mm. disappointed because it was expecting a certain amount of chemical serotonin based on other options. And I will not like it as much. But I think going forward, whatever these shows are, Charles, you're so right. Good TV is going to be good TV. And this is some damn good TV. Exactly. Um, so let us let us hop into that. Our first character officially. Let me, let me grab my, my prop. Mm. So, oh our, wait, our, I'm gonna our, I'm gonna grab my prop. Hold on, oh, oh you God. can you can talk, but um, this oh, is I, for Jose. Shout out to Jose. Okay, great. So I'm gonna bring my my boy here, our our glorious Cobb Vance, our our a little more salt and peppery than his Funko is showing. Obviously, I think between the seasons, um, but Cobb Vance showing up. I know. Oh yes, there's Ch- <laughs> Charles's pocket Cobb. Look at that beautiful man. My goodness. It's wonderful. Thank you, Jose. I still occasionally use this as both a bookmark and a pocket square when the situation arises. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love Cobb as, as a whole. Uh, I I, I want to say when he showed up in this episode, because we had talked about maybe he was in previous ones. When Was he the guy getting robbed by that gang? We couldn't tell. But when they mm. open up and there's the – and now I doubt it because the way he treats mm. the bikes this episode. I don't think he's getting taken away by bikers. But when he shows up and just guns him down and is acting as the marshal for Mos Pelgo, actually, you know, taking down the drug dealers, kicking over the spice, like, maybe I'll retire, being all cool and stuff like that. What did you guys think of his role in this episode? Because he was almost as featured as his Marshall episode. I felt like he had a lot to do mm-hmm. in an episode that was pretty jam-packed. How did you like, uh, you like Cobb in this episode? Oh, holy smokes. When we first, and we first get to see the Star Wars heroine. Oh, yes, yes, actual spice. <laughs> it just looks like more sand. It does. Yeah. <laughs> worth more than the town. <sighs> and if that box is worth more than the town, imagine how much the spice that the that Trace and Rafa kicked out into hyperspace was oh, worth. Oh, my word. That's a oh, planet. God. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But That's a whole, yeah, it's a whole planet. Cobb, <laughs> Cobb Vanth is, has, I think, quickly become one of the coolest characters in this show. Like he's on yes. par with Cad Bane. <laughs> he's on par for me with Boba Fett. Like, and I loved how he always had the Western vibe. Like he, he always was the gunslinger who became the marshal, like very classic Western trope, but like they went all out, like to the point after he, he makes this shot, he like spins the pistol or like the revolver on his finger and holsters it. Like they just went 
all out with this and I loved every second of it. Like the the high noon standoff, like the quick draw. Uh-huh. Like I, I want a whole show of just following Cobb Vanth doing that kind of stuff, which is which is justified. Like yeah, go watch justified, right? Go watch justified. <laughs> um but he's so well cast. Timothy Oliphant plays that type of character just exceedingly well. And it was really cool to see actually Cobb Vanth as a character continue to fight for Mos Pelgor or Freetown um, without the armor, which which goes to show what kind of person he is, right? Like that he still puts yeah. his life on the line. He doesn't have probably his biggest asset that he had when he first met Mandalorian, yet he's still the same guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that. That's a great point because it's pretty easy to be a sheriff when you have Beskar on, but he clearly cares about those people so much. That's a gr- I had not thought about that. Yeah, and he's Cobb, and he's he's really putting forth that he's one hell of a gunslinger too. So he's not yeah. just a guy with a pair with a pair of revolvers. He can he can use them too. So that's kind of gives him that strength of not just being a authority figure. He can back it up too. Yeah, and I think it's cool that you know the deputy is obviously the reason he gets shot at the end because he like the the tension in that you know, the eye shifts and stuff. That deputy sucks. He sucks yeah, so he hard. Well, he's, he's so glad he's I guess dead. we don't have to deal with him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he reminds me of that who's that asshole in Mando season one. Remember that episode of that 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 punk kid oh, when, in the oh, Fennec episode? Oh yeah, yeah, that guy. I I thought you were talking about the the citizen of Mos Pelgo who was like a jerk when the Tuscan dropped that thing oh, and no, it could have exploded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I liked I liked that deputy got shot, but also I think that means as fans. We can still say, well, it wasn't a fair shootout, so maybe Cobb Vanth can outdraw Cad Bane because if he, if it's not a cheap shot, <laughs> I don't know, Charles. He looks that. pretty, very much alive. <laughs> yeah, right. How how uh, potent are stims in med packs? We don't know. <laughs> yeah. On uh, on that note, though, I also want to every time we talk about Cobb Vanth, gotta bring up the aftermath books, Chuck Wendig's trilogy, because the interludes in here are where we we discover Freetown because Mos Pelgo was not named Mos Pelgo in these books. Freetown is where it's called Cobb Vance Principality. So I loved that they took more stuff from Aftermath to put into the shows. Again, further legitimizing all the books into the shows. If you want more Cobb Vance and you want his OG story, you got to read the Aftermath books. And go to utini.com, look up the official book profile and use the affiliate links and then leave a review. Um, Quick quick (laughs) aside, too, uh, about pulling in aspects of the story that we've already gotten in Moss Pelgo slash Freetown. Um, the skull of the crate dragon was on the Jawa sand crawler that uh, Mando flew by. Right. Yes. Y'all recall this. And then yes. in so West, cool. if you can find the shot of Cobb, the wide shot of Cobb and Mando um, speaking in the, in the bar there, I, I didn't yes. have time to go back and look, but I think, I don't think this was there before. I think it's the crate dragon's rib cage. Me neither. Now, I don't know what God. that was. Yeah. yeah, I think I that never, is now like the support what? structure. Uh, how cool is that? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those poor, poor props people that had to build that. That's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty badass <laughs> interior <Holy> decorator. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. And I like, I like how. Uh, even though you're on the job, you can have a little drink like during the day and not have to. This is like it's like it, 1970s. Right? <laughs> Look, at, they're drinking what's absolutely not whiskey. It, it's <laughs> Star Wars ski. Like that's that's just straight up whiskey in a canteen. Like I love it. Oh, Maybe yeah. he's a better shot, just like beer pong after a couple drinks. You know, 
Maybe yeah. it's better oh at the God. quick draw. If we get beer pong in Mandalorian season three, I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> um, I will. I will mention one one only downside about this. Obi Wan does mention in the chat. They did not mention Chuck Wedding in the credits. A lot of authors, when they do bring stuff in because of contracts or different, they're not going to mention the authors um, and a lot of things they build for their characters. So, which is why we also we like to promote the work of the authors from the TV shows. If you do care for the characters that are being brought into live action, um, we will always try to show you the books and comics that they came from, so you can go support those artists, support those writers, um, and kind of give them some money because, unfortunately, Disney is not as of yet. Uh, but we do our best. Mm. So Cobb, love across the board. Hope he comes, keeps coming back. You know, here's your crate dragon. Oh God! Yep. Look this... at the like the scale of how it's big that so thing is. Big. <laughs> uh, and you can see the Jawas right below it, like right, right below. It's like, uh, yeah, no wonder they're so freaking terrified of this thing. <laughs> I love Wes. Can you also? We're about we're about to go into our Luke Grogu segment, but can you bring up in the credits one of the concept? You got the concept art for mm-hmm. that image with the starfighter next to it is like one of the most beautiful um singular pieces of the concept art we've ever had yeah this this oh, is yeah. like oh yeah I, I can't wait for it. the art of the mandalorian season two art book is coming out from abrams next month but you can already think the art of the book of boba fett is gonna be gorgeous with stuff like this i thought this was just mm-hmm. such a fun image uh and it's the most star wars of all star wars you know yeah how did they get that up there? I thought that as well. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the force. They used the force. I guess. <laughs> pulleys and pulley systems. <laughs> uh, so How did they build the pyramids? How did they get a great dragon skull on top of the Jawa transporter? Aliens. We never, we'll never know. It's all aliens. <laughs> but what thing? So moving on from those guys, right? Our uh, our next thing that we that none of us, I think, thought we were getting in this season. Definitely thought I was going to be in Mando at that. Uh, our guy, Luke Skywalker and Grogu for like 20 minutes of Luke Skywalker. Like this was a full Luke. Uh, I said earlier in the chat, watching a Jedi Academy get built by these droids. I love the droids. That was so cool. Uh, and watching them build a bench, which was very considerate, <laughs> but I, I loved seeing Luke figure out how to be a Jedi master. I mean, this is the Luke we've, heard about and we see him later on in things like the rise of kylo ren when he's like bearded and he's training ben and he's kind of in it a little more what do you guys think of seeing this version of luke both technically because the deep fake guys worked on it and i thought luke looked amazing mm-hmm. but also just for the story how cool is it to see luke trying to train grogu as a jedi yeah um first of all he looked way better to me like the actual deep fake technology was was better done uh and i know they brought on the guy that redid it uh for the end of mando season two um Mm -hmm. on youtube they they brought him onto the team and so kind of makes sense because his did look great uh i was really shocked to get this much luke i mean i i had no no even my wildest dreams i wouldn't have anticipated this like when they actually even first showed him in this episode, I was like, oh, cool. They actually showed him. That's nice. And and then he just stayed on the screen and it stayed on the screen and stayed on the screen. And I was like, this is unreal. Um, there are definitely, you know, there are definitely some shots that look better than others. But overall, I mean, I, you can't complain about this at all. Like th- this was really incredibly done. I, I think the the 
one thing about Luke that I find quite interesting, and I brought this up in our in our company Slack, is I, I find it interesting that he is so anti-attachment because mm-hmm. this is the same Luke who, uh, spoiler alert, um, you know, tries to drag his dying father off of the <laughs> Death Star as it's being destroyed and who really became a Jedi through that attachment in a way, yeah. you know, tossing aside his mm-hmm. lightsaber. So to then see him preach uh, that Grogu shouldn't be attached to his father figure is a little jarring at first. And it makes me wonder what what has Luke, what has he gone through since we last saw him? What has he learned that has made him kind of go back to that almost prequel Jedi mindset? Well, and I think it's interesting with Luke doing that Right, making him make the choice and being, you know, I realize what attachments are because I, I think for me, what I read it as is seeing that, you know, he's obviously been talking or communing with, I assume, some Force ghosts since then. Uh, Hayden Christensen. He, I mean, he, what? Yeah, we, yeah, we end with, <laughs> we end with Hayden, we end with with Ben and Yoda, but I think that when Luke did give into attachments, like at the end of Empire, leaving his training to go seek attachment did lead to some destruction, right? I mean, Han did get captured. Luke got his hand cut off. Like, the end of, we know it ends. It ends well, but realistically, it, it was probably maybe not the best choice um, for Luke to do that in terms of his overall training. And I think that whereas the prequel Jedi were like, "Don't love, don't care about anything," I think Luke is is not saying so much that to Grogu, but is saying like, "This is a commitment." And if you don't want to make that commitment to stay on here and just focus on the Force and take years to cultivate this, that's fine. You, you don't have to, right? It's not like in the Temple yeah. of the Jedi, they took him as children and they didn't give them choices. And I think that's mm-hmm. the evolution of the Jedi. It's like, you know, it's like martial arts. If you want to go and be really intense, like you want to go study, you want to like literally leave and go somewhere for years and kind of like only give yourself to the teaching, only give yourself to the learning, you will become a master. But if you're distracted and, and trying to focus on other people and other commitments, you should just go do that instead. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's the next Jedi is it's still not attachment. It's still not letting that get in the way, which the higher public, I think, has actually done a great job of illustrating mm-hmm. the difference between attachment and love and things like that. But I think giving Grogu the choice was maybe Luke's next step. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe maybe hey, he's blind. Fates. Blind Fates makes a good point is like Luke left and did not like he did not continue his training with Yoda right. to help his friends. So, I mean, when I'm watching that whole part, it's like, I want him to pick that Mandalorian uh, chain armor. So, but, yeah. I mean, is it going to be a reoccurrence of what we've already seen? Or is this he's going to actually take the, the Jedi path and not act, and not act on those, those feelings that, I guess, that Luke is now preaching is something that he had learned mm-hmm. from Return of the Jedi, obviously. Um, but, man, being his first student... Where like, where does that go? See, that's that's the most interesting thing because being his first student, we haven't heard of. We've obviously not heard of Grogu and or a mm-hmm. like a first student before, and so like if he chooses to be like a Padawan, mm-hmm. where the hell has he been? I mean, and that, that's the question. <laughs> I I do I do think it's it's not accidental that this all happened in the week of National sure. Signing Day as well. I think that uh, oh Grogu's gonna come out with two hats. And it'll be Mando or Luke, and he's gonna be like, ah, ah, and he's committing to he's can I think he's gonna commit to Mando. 
People are going <laughs> to stop wanting him on their team, though, because the stuff that happened when he was chilling in the temple, everyone died. Now he's like the new student in Luke's school. Everyone died. Like, they're going to be like, this guy's the common denominator here. Like, I don't I don't want him around. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, obviously, to see where he goes. I think, regardless, we're going to get a, a Grogu with Chainmail or Grogu with Lightsaber Funko, so I guarantee that's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm very excited about it, and regardless of what he does choose, um, I was so just so excited in my heart to get Luke Skywalker back just teaching and talking like Return of the Jedi Luke. Like, I love Force Awakens' Last Jedi Luke. I love that old version of him. I think Mark Hamill gives his best performance in Last Jedi. But I also am like, oh my gosh, we we actually didn't get that much in Return of the Jedi, I'm realizing, of this version of Luke. And it was just so cool to see him meditate and do the saber forms and really talk about the Jedi in that way. It was really, really beautiful. And I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm just so excited that's part of what we get now, you know, in Luke's Academy going forward. But and in that, um, in the, in that part where they're training, mm-hmm. um, when he's like, let's take a walk. And I was like, Jesus, how long is this going to take? Yeah. <laughs> like, poor, Cause poor Grogu can't, <laughs> can't walk fast so enough. Hard. But then uh, they put in that perfect, like <clears throat> part where he is helping him along. Yes. As he walks, that was great. Force just giving pulls. like just a touch, just a touch of the force is letting him walk with it. I was like, man, that is such a great. And Yoda's that theme show. played in this scene, oh, which yeah. was uh, I just pulled at heartstrings. Well, and it's so great because, like, I mean, this is honestly why I would use the force. Let's be clear: if we had the force, it'd be to get the TV <laughs> remote. It's like, hey, you're walking too slow. Your baby is like, it's all the little daily things that I really enjoy. That they're like, yeah, here you go. Whoop. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, now hurry it up. <laughs> yeah. I just was, was so, good. so happy. But of course, you heard about heartstrings. Nothing pulled on my heartstrings like this one with Ahsoka coming in. Did not oh, expect yeah. it because I think ah- Ahsoka and Luke Skywalker has been kind of one of those un- unspoken things that were like, oh, with Ahsoka and Anakin obviously being like so tight, it would be so cool for Ahsoka and Luke to talk about it. There's been fan art about it. You know, Ahsoka, knowing about Luke and stuff, we kind of assume. But to literally have them next to each other in this episode, like, hit me in such a, a profound way. And, and the clip that's obviously going all around on TikTok and on Twitter and stuff is that, you know, so much like your father mm. was such a moment of Rosario Dawson giving that look of love with a little bit of sorrow in it because obviously missing Anakin and having Luke realize that she is kind of the only person other than maybe obi-wan to an extent but even obi-wan is you know his relationship is obviously pretty complicated with anakin um having ahsoka give luke that that amount of validation and be like god you you've wanted to be like anakin your whole life without knowing him but i will say you are and she says it so earnestly like that it it melted me it absolutely melted me this is the instance right when she said it and i think like the time that we saw her in the Mandalorian and the time we saw her here, I think she looks so much better for some yep. reason. I don't know if it's, I don't know if they made some edits to it or they made some upgrades, but she looks damn good. And that like everything like, like reminds me of Ahsoka from the Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And Blind Fates, I agree. Like, how did they meet? I would love to see it. Obviously they met through the Utini discord. Um, <laughs> and I'm really glad we could bring them together after all that time. But uh, it, 
it was cool though. I liked in this in this series. I think it worked out well that they knew each other, so we didn't have to have the weight of that kind of take away from anything else in the episode. But hearing Ahsoka Tano say the words "Master Luke" was just like, oh mm. man, oh man, that's just <laughs> that's just so it's so cool. And I mean, and then she pieces out, you know. So yeah. maybe we're gonna her series will pick up after this. Um, because she does have her show coming up, but knowing now that she does know Luke, she does know about Mando, like she has checked in on everyone she needs to before her own series starts, which I think was also a brilliant piece of storytelling looking for, looking ahead, which again, we've been slightly critical in the past of them not always looking ahead at where they're going in Star Wars, but this I think was proof that Filoni yeah. knows where she needs to be. She knows where she is at every point, and uh this was just it was it was magical, straight up, having Ahsoka here. Uh, we got the little tidbit of she's like, will, will, will I see you again? Perhaps. Perhaps. Timothy's so, on homage right there. All we needed. That's all we need. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> we don't know yet. Who's to say? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Perhaps is the most powerful word, word in Star Wars because. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. JG just joined in. And yeah, you're saying the conversation between Luke and Luke and Ahsoka absolutely wrecked you because, yeah, our middle school selves. I mean, watching Ahsoka, watching the first appearance of Ahsoka in Clone Wars be like, someday there's going to be a live action television show where the adult version of this character will be talking to Luke Skywalker about his father. Nope. <laughs> it's just, it's, it, it's those moments that as we talk about Star Wars a bunch, as we go into these deep depths, we just got to sit back every once in a while and be like, oh man. Oh, that's so cool. Which, yeah. which I mean, nothing is cooler, I think, than our last, uh, our last featured guest here. Um, <laughs> I've expected some things in my life. I have, mm. I have, I have tampered my expectations. But at the end of this episode, when I realized that Cad Mother Freaking Bane was walking in the desert of tattooing up to Cobb Vanth in a live-action television show called The Book of Boba Fett that has spun off from The Mandalorian, <laughs> I just. <laughs> Like how how lucky we are to be alive right now. Like it was just yeah. Uh, how this was a moment where it all came together for me, and I think the like we said the characterization was perfect, the look was perfect. But I mean, I, I this is one of those Ray getting the lightsaber moments of in Force Awakens for me. Like I remember where I was now when this happened, and I don't think this is gonna leave me for for a long time. I mean, how did this happen, guys? I. I, well, first of all, I don't know who dropped him off, to be honest with you. I mean, he, Way he, too far. He, oh, yeah, he pretty, pretty far. Or <laughs> like the heat from the desert really plays a mirage where you can't really see that far down the down. He's down walking the sand. this whole time. He's like, and like, like yeah. he meant to see Din, but then the, the Starfighter left off literally five seconds earlier. He's like, oh, just missed him. <laughs> Dang it. I, and we, we got a shot of him walking or somebody walking up. And I was like, who is this going to be? This is. Her is going to be a perfect entrance for any of the characters. I'm excited to see who it is. And then I saw the duster fly up, and I was like, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. And there's no way they possibly could have been able to make this CGI available. Like, so if they are going to show, if they are going to show him, it's going to be far away. Or maybe hear the voice. We're not going to see him. But I mean, we were <laughs> pleasantly surprised yeah. with the up close nature that we got. Unbelievable. Oh, Unbelievable. Oh my god, Blind Fate's great point. 
Uh, Cad Bane actually did park out in the flats, like the deputy said. So apparently, he follows the rules. He will he will kill anyone in cold blood, but goddammit, he's not getting a parking ticket. He's like, I refuse <laughs> to pay the parking. Parks and in Obi-Wan, the flats, shoots the sheriff. Yeah, man. People park their ships so far away. Krennic, Cad Bane, if you're an evil guy, you cannot park close. That's, that's the new rule, apparently. <laughs> it's been confirmed. Oh, yeah. Wow. I Charles, Charles, what did you... Obviously, we've talked about the entrance and stuff, but yeah, just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. For uh, his look, and also what do you think he means for this show going forward too? Because now the finale gets a lot bigger. It does. It does. It. I think it does a, a, a few different things. First, I'll talk about how how he looked again too. Um, yeah. I think he looks fantastic. The eyes are incredible. Um, if I could adjust one thing, I want his hat to be like three times as wide, just the brim. Yeah. Me just too. The brim. Yeah. Yeah, um, I am I am on board with you he, for that. He one. did transition yes. to more of like a bowler hat uh, a little bit than what he used to wear, but um, but gosh, what a Bad small! Batch, he had a smaller hat. Was it, it was not this small? I don't think. Yeah, but true. but you know what a what a small detail. The, there's so much yeah. in those eyes, man. When he first looks up and the brim kind of reveals his eyes for the first time, it was an incredible moment. It kind of just sent a shiver up your spine. This guy, he's old. We, we know, mm-hmm. I mean, he was around in, in the, you know, prequels. Uh, yeah. He is still dangerous. We can see yes. that. They established that right away. But what I think... The most dangerous. The most dangerous. <laughs> what I think his his character does and his introduction does is it gives a little bit more personality uh, and, and a little more identity to the Pike Syndicate. Because he's working for the Pikes, yes, and now yeah. it's not mm-hmm. like these masses of similar-looking aliens that you know haven't gotten that much screen time. We don't know that much about, and now it is someone who has history with Boba Fett. Yes. So that is the perfect setup for whatever is going to go down in the final ep. I I also like I say as we were watching that Makes clip sense. just now, when the deputy walks out without sound and Cad ba- or Cobb Vanth looks over, it's like this bitch. <laughs> yeah. He's just so angry what at him. Did I tell you? Like somebody's getting a spanking. Yeah. I mean, if he had lived. Yeah. Uh, but um Yeah, I didn't I didn't really think about that. So Boba Fett has the experienced muscle like Finnick was talking about. Mm-hmm. So he has Black Chrysanthemum, has uh Dinjarin. Yep. So now they just need foot soldiers. Well, the Pikes have foot soldiers. They don't have experienced muscle until now, until they have, you know, Cad Bane as their bounty hunter. But do they have others yeah. to match? Now, to match with the, I know. So we say Boba and Cad Bane square off. Mm-hmm. Then who's going to square off with Black or Shanton? Who's going to square off with Phoenix Shan? Who's going to square off with, I mean... It's just Galaxy they can bring of Heroes. a lot more people like back in. It Galaxy is. of Heroes, the game in real life. It's like just line I mean, up. Curb my expectations. You know, okay, but it could be a possibility. Yeah, just saying. And it does, I think, add to that. You know, it does add to the danger that like you guys are saying because I think where some of the Marvel shows in their finale fights, they they hit most effectively when there is a, a villain that is powerful that you respect instead of just like a bunch of ninjas or a bunch of foot soldiers like. And I think there will be a lot of, you know, masked pikes that Boba and Fennec take down and Dan will be chopping them up with the Darksaber or whatever it may be. Sure. But to have one named character like 
a Cad Bane, like someone with this amount of history and intensity, does just add that last level for this war, you know, and makes it so we're not just fighting the nameless Pikes or the idea of the Pike Syndicate. Absolutely. Which I think is is super fun. And, you know, we we got one episode left and it is... (laughs) I mean, it's it's undoubtedly now. We we obviously we could not have printed this. We could not have printed last <laughs> week's episode. But I do feel weirdly confident that next week is like the war. This is the the mm. battle for Tatooine. This is Boba Fett's. He's he's compiled his army. We got the allies. We know the villain. The stage is set. We are gonna have the battle for the territory, and we will end this with either Boba Fett having control of Tatooine, or it will be. Uh, some kind of defeat or something will happen that will close this chapter of the book as it were. Um, And I guess it's, it's, it's hard to ask, like, do we have any predictions or ideas? But like, I mean, what do you think episode seven, chapter seven is going to bring us? I mean, what, what, not what would be satisfying? Because again, we are going to judge based on what we see. We do not, we do not have rules, but, from what we've been presented with the last two episodes, especially, what do you think next week is going to bring? Uh, I think we see the first shots fired between the Pikes and um, and Boba and his hired muscle and the foot soldiers, maybe. But I, I don't see them. I don't see like Boba coming out on top. I see that mm, he's being overrun by the Pikes. And it just ends on a cliffhanger where the war has just begun and now it either gets picked up a little bit here in the Mandalorian or they hold off or it gets picked up in maybe a different, um, well, I'll say we maybe got a different live action yeah. show that yeah. we have coming up. Rangers of the I New mean, Republic is, is still technically on the docket. I mean, it's that's not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that, that could be a show with these, the space cops. I mean, yeah. yeah. Where you have. Where you have the New Republic actually come in and do something about this. That's like crazy. It's like a too just, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it is the outer rim. It is the yeah. outer rim. All they don't right. pay as many taxes. They don't really care as much. Yeah, I, I think we don't leave Tatooine uh, in the final episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that kind of has to be the focus. I think we do get the knockdown drag out fight in the streets of Tatooine. Um, it's a great point you bring up, Wes. I mean, I, I almost kind of did consider it a bit of a foregone conclusion that Boba wins this thing in the end, but maybe he doesn't. And that's a really interesting thought. And what you said about, Hey, is it going to introduce the idea for the next show? What do you guys think is the odds we get a post credit? Like we did with, uh, with Mando season two. They're high. Yeah. Very high. high. (laughs) I, 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 I mean, I think that they are such a good hype machine. And I think what the genius of the post credit television show is that if the finale underwhelms for people, then you're still guaranteed to at least the post credit will end it on a high note. I'm like, this is but the next thing, you know. And I think that's mm. the. And again, I, I, I think based on everything we've we've seen, that the finale will be a lot of fun. I love the idea of, I mean, Bubba winning or Bubba losing are both interesting storytelling. Sure. So I think that's, that's a true. great that's a great point. Um, as long as it's executed well, it'll be fun. But at the end of the day, whatever that post credit is, I mean, we are all going to be losing our minds, whether it's for Ahsoka, whether it's for Obi-Wan, whether it's for Mandalorian. Like, we didn't know the Book of Boba Fett was a thing on the docket that existed until we saw the post credit scene that said it's coming in December. 
Right. You yeah. know, so like, yeah. I, and that was quick. Yeah, that was super quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could be making anything and everything. And I think, as much as I love Star Wars fans and things that we love, we we are a little sometimes too focused on what's the next thing instead of living in the moment. True. So I I, I hope that, that we have sense. a great time next week. But yeah, I I think we will absolutely get some kind of post credit scene. And if we don't, there's mm-hmm. been delays. There's a pandemic still happening. Like, it's all right. It's all right, you know. Yeah. Yes. And be. And I will not say. I will not say the next episode cannot top this one. <laughs> there you, anyway. there you go. <laughs> I'll keep that to myself. And Good. and there's bound to be a lot of reveals, a lot of big moments in this last episode, guys. Keep mm-hmm. being awesome about avoiding spoilers. Like, if you're not gonna watch the episode yes. right away, do your own part and try to stay off of the socials. If you do watch it right away, do your own part and don't go posting a bunch of stuff that could ruin it, the experience for someone else. If you want to talk about it, hop in our Discord, use spoiler tags. Like there will be a ton of conversation happening, but just let's make sure we let everyone have the best experience with this finale that we can. Absolutely. And and some point, and, Charles. and some advice for folks if you haven't been doing it on Twitter. Like obviously, like Charles said, our Discord, it's very easy to tag spoilers uh, in our Book of Boba Fett channel. But if you're on Twitter, I highly recommend the night before mute words and hashtags, Book of Boba Fett, the Book of Boba Fett, just the words Boba Fett. Star Wars, like whatever you want to do, mute them until you watch the show. Or if you're, if it's really going to ruin your day that much, like set that alarm an hour earlier. It's not fun. Not all of us, like <laughs> none of us want to do it, but it is, it is what we trade for having a online community of thousands of people freaking out together. And I think that overall, I think that's a good thing. I think it's a trade that we make. But yes, I, I do think this finale is definitely going to be one you don't want spoiled. Whatever happens. And I guarantee you, you're going to, like, the official Star Wars account might tweet out the next show, like, in the afternoon on Wednesday. Like, you know, I mean, they, they got to jump on the publicity train as well, right. as quickly as they can. So just, uh, so just be ready. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I'm, it's weird to think it's, it's done this week. Um, I'm sure we'll get another show in the next couple months, but it has been an absolute blast as of now. And I mean, next week we get Boba Fett. And then on Sunday we get our last bounty hunt, and then Sunday next is Super Bowl. So it's it's a hell of a week, Ooh. I think, at least in uh, in this world. So when I was um, <laughs> when I was scrolling back through here, we didn't talk about uh, was it the sanctuary that got blown? Oh up? my god! Yeah, the Pikes. I the did Pikes not mention that. Fired the first shots. Yeah, okay. so they did. They, they started it. The war. <laughs> That's a great. They point. started it. Also, we do we did not see any bodies. We did not see Madame Garza. Might still be alive. Oh. We didn't see Max Rebo, any of those people. I do hope that they didn't just oh, kill no. Madame Garza off screen. I think Gar- I think I mean, Garza's done for. That Camtona was not far behind her. I'm afraid it is. It's like, you know, Star Wars isn't always the best about, like, just sacrificing female characters for the sake of explosions. And I really wish we would stop doing that. So I hope yeah. that maybe she's, like, half a droid or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, think I, I hope that, uh, that we that, – that explosion – Maybe like maybe that's how we'll start next episode. Is addressing that like they've made they've they've already started it. You got to defend your territory. It's Boba Fett's place or whatever. Wow, I cannot believe I like, we did this whole show and I forgot that entire thing. <laughs> I I hope Max Rebo, Rebo took a sick day. It's, it didn't sound <laughs> it didn't sound like his band playing. It sounded for sure like a it, DJ. It, yeah. I, I think he's alive. <laughs> he had a gig and then there was a bit. He, yeah, he had another gig somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> he, he was had freelancing. Gig. That guy, he, he was recording the next album. He was in the studio. He was, he, uh, I got you. he's okay. 
Oh, God. He'll get fixed up and become Max Robo. Come on. Oh, that's it, everybody. All right. All right. That's so good. We're not topping that. Guys, <laughs> next week we will be here on Sunday to talk. That'll be also our 50th episode of Bounty Hunt. We've had 50 oh, crazy. shows. Can't wait. Uh, tomorrow night, of course, the Living Force Gang will be back for our part one of our Fallen Star Roundtable, the final adult novel of Phase One of the High Republic. We have been waiting on this one for a month. People, I mean, the conversation about this has been ravenous. We hope to see you all tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube, and of course, in your podcast providers on the Living Force feed. This will be two parts. Uh, there will be a lot of emotions. Charles, how many pages is our outline at right now? Uh, it's still around a dozen. I'm trying to all right. cut things down. You know what that means? Very little news. So if you've read it, full spoilers tomorrow night. And if you're not reading the books, that's all right. We will see you next Sunday for the finale of Boba Fett. Fellas, it's been a blast, everyone. It's been a blast seeing you. And my friends, that will officially do it for this week's episode of Bounty Hunt. Keep your eyes out for our next hunt, and we'll be diving into episode 7, the finale of the Book of Boba Fett. Special note, if you made it this far, we at Utini are looking for another video editor. We're on the lookout for talented folks that have a little bit of experience editing videos. We're looking to turn some of our existing content into short-form videos we can put on our channel, things like that. So if you are interested in joining the team of passionate Star Wars fans and volunteering to contribute and help us out, please shoot a brief note to Corey at Utini.com. That's right, Corey at Utini.com. He's not on the show, but he is on his email, so let us know. A special thank you goes out to OK Endar, Jeremy Kazina, JG Kars, Earl Q, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Matt Billington, Tyler Latour, Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C, and Sally and Chris Eilerson in our Alliance High Command. Go ahead, tell us all your thoughts about the Book of Boba Fett in our Discord community at utini.com slash Discord using those spoiler tags as we asked. And be sure to follow the main show on Twitter at Living Force Pod and all of us for our latest things. Star Wars. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at Doc Star Wars MD. Charles is at C. Hankel. And Wes is at Boss Wes. Oh man, until next time, it's finale, baby. Whew. You've been listening to the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Yeah? Good. To learn more about other Utini Patreon exclusives, visit utini.com.